jump straight in today, and um, now, now you're all my enemies, but um, if you've been to church, this church, more than once, then what you'll probably have noticed is that we always create space at the end of our meetings to invite the Holy Spirit and to pray for each other, and we call it ministry time, and it happens all the way across the church. It happens in the kids' ministry, in the youth ministry, in students, young adults, in compassion, in small groups, and pretty much always here on a Sunday. We just love making space to pray for each other. And we love doing it because it's something that we value so highly in the vineyard. And um, Carol Wimber, who was married to John Wimber, who founded the movement, she said this. She said, there should never be a gathered environment in the vineyard where ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit isn't offered or available. And I love that quote. And what, what it's not is it's not a rule. It's not a do it or else. It's a statement which reflects something of how passionate we are about this in the vineyard. We value the work and the ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit. It's why we pray, come Holy Spirit, whenever we meet, because we have a genuine expectation that we're going to experience something of God's presence and his power when we pray. We expect to see him at work. We expect to see manifestations of his presence with us. And um, if you're here tonight and you're on that journey of just wondering who Jesus is, what, who is the Holy Spirit, then a couple of weeks back, Debbie, who leads the church with John, she did a talk all about the Holy Spirit where she talked about who, who he is and some of the way that he moves. And you might want to check that out on our website. But for today, it's going to be super practical because the title of this talk is Praying for People So That Stuff Happens. Praying for people so that stuff happens. And with this title, what I'm not trying to say is that if we pray in a certain way, we can make God do certain things. But what I do want to be clear about is that God always wants to come and meet with his people. And we can learn to pray in a way that really helps people meet with God. And uh, for me, I'm personally really passionate about this. I've I've seen some amazing things happen as I've been prayed for, as I've prayed for others, and I've heard stories of others. Stuff actually happens when we pray for each other. So um, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about the why. Why is it we do it? Then I'm going to interview Katie, who's one of our leaders, all about her experience with some of this stuff. And then we're going to wrap it up by really practically talking about how, how do we do it? How do we actually pray for people? And then we're going to give it a go. Okay? Great. So whether you've um, prayed for two million people or you've never prayed for anyone, my prayer is that all of us will leave here today encouraged, inspired, equipped to pray for people here in the church, but also out there during the week as well. So why don't we pray together? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you for your presence. And Lord, we pray that as we um, look at how we pray, why we pray, that you would come and be present amongst us tonight. Amen. Amen. So why? Why do we actually do it? I don't know if you've ever actually asked yourself that question, because when you think about it, it's actually a little bit of a strange concept, isn't it? You know, outside of this kind of context, it's not a cultural norm. You know, when you go to the cinema, there's no one there inviting you up the front to be prayed for at the end. If anyone's seen Paddington 2, you could kind of do with it. It's, it's, it's a bit emotional at the end, isn't it? But, you know, there's, there's no one saying, come and be prayed for as the film credits scroll. There's not really any equivalent. So why is it such a big deal for us? Why do we spend so much time praying for people? 
Well, it's because something unique happens when we pray for each other. It facilitates a connection with God. And um, the best definition of ministry that I've heard is this from Ellie Mumford. She says this, ministry is meeting the needs of others with the resources of God. And it's a biblical model. It's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus met people's needs with the resources of God because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we quickly jump to Luke, Luke chapter 4 says this. Uh, this, is, this is about Jesus. He went to, up to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And rolling it, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolls up the scroll and he gives it back to the attendant and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus was, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and when you read the Gospels, you see him meeting the needs of the people with the resources of God everywhere that he goes. He, he ushers in the kingdom of God, he brings about a wholeness in people, healing them physically and emotionally, restoring them, setting them free, spending time with them, loving them. One encounter with Jesus changed the trajectory of people's lives forever. And it doesn't just stop with Jesus. A little bit later in Luke, he, he empowers his disciples to do the same, to meet the needs of the people with the resources of God. Luke chapter nine. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And that's exactly what happened. But again, it doesn't just stop there. And if you, you jump forward to Acts, you read about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming upon all people to empower the people, to meet the needs of the people with the resources of God. And Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses to, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is exactly what happens. You know, it's impossible to read the New Testament without realizing how many times those guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they prayed for people, stuff happened. People's lives changed. And you know, as far as, as, far as the Bible is concerned, there's no suggestion that that should stop. The message is clear. This is for the church for good. We have the same power, the same authority, we too are able to meet people's needs with the resources of God. We can see, God's, we can see stuff happen, God's kingdom breaking in as we pray. And um, I'd love to tell you about an encounter with the Holy Spirit that I had that changed my life. And um, to set the scene, um, I've been in and around church for most of my life, and um, mostly that's been a positive experience. But as a teenager, I got to the point, there was a little season where I really didn't believe any of the God stuff and I refused to go to church. And so it became a little bit of a weekly battle between me and my parents. And um, it might surprise you, I was a somewhat feisty, opinionated teenager. And um, sometimes I would win, um, like the times that I was mysteriously a little bit ill, or I just had so much homework to do, going to church, just, I just couldn't fit it in. But other times they would win like the time that they signed me up to a Holy Spirit day with my youth group without me knowing. Sneaky. 
And um, this particular incident was a win for them, which I had no idea would become the biggest win for me. And to cut a really, really long story short, at the, um, at the end of the day of some teaching about the Holy Spirit, my youth leaders offered to pray with us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, let's be perfectly clear about this, guys. I was not up for it, okay? I did not want to be there, and I certainly didn't want anyone laying their hands on me and praying for me. But I couldn't kind of work out how to say no, so I just kind of said yes. And, um, and they laid their hands on me, and they prayed for me. And nothing could have prepared me for what happened. And it's difficult for me to kind of pop it into words because it was so precious and personal, but I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit which changed my life forever. And externally, nothing dramatic happened, but internally, everything happened. And one of the things, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is that he, he reveals Jesus to us. And that day, I met Jesus in a way that was real, a way that was personal, a way that was intimate. And I remember lying in bed that night, and this was unusual for me as a teenager, that I had tears rolling down my face, believing for the first time that Jesus was God that he loved me with a love beyond measure, that my future is secure in him. And I've never got over it. You know, everything changed that day. I've never been the same. And um, I've encountered the Holy Spirit in lots of different ways over and over again. Millions of people all around the world will have done. And many of you here today, you'll be able to identify with my story because you have your own stories. You have your own stories of people praying for you and seeing stuff happen. And just last Monday, um, we gathered together every now and again as a staff a couple of times a month to, to share stories. And there were so many stories in our staff meeting of people's lives here in this church being changed as they encountered God's presence. Kingdom-breaking in stories, physical healings, emotional healings, crazy specific moments of God speaking. Just yesterday, it was the Alpha Holy Spirit Day, and a whole bunch of people came along and they received the Holy Spirit for the first time. A few of them met Jesus. It's amazing. Every time we do it, people find Jesus. They meet Jesus. Because when we pray, stuff happens. Lives are changed. And a lot of us here tonight, I guess, guess, guess a lot of this stuff we know, don't we? But the challenge is the same for all of us. Because truth is, none of us are the finished article. And God is longing to meet with us and bring healing and wholeness to all of us, whether we've been following Jesus for years, or whether we've just met him, or whether we don't know him yet. So when was the last time that you let someone meet your needs with the resources of God? When was the last time you had somebody pray for you? Just reflect on that just for a minute. And before I welcome Katie, I just want to turn things up a notch here, if that's okay. Because it's great to, to learn how to be prayed for in here, to pray for others. But this stuff isn't just for in here, it's for out there as well. And uh, you might have heard of this phrase from John Wimber. He says, the meeting place is the training ground for the marketplace. And what he means by that, he's saying, learn how to do this stuff in here. Learn how to pray for people in here so that you can do it out there. And that's part of why we're talking about this tonight, how to pray for people so stuff happens. It's not just to equip us for in here, but to equip us out there at the school gate, at uni, at work, with your family over Christmas, with your friends. Because if we do believe that one small encounter with the Holy Spirit 
can change someone's life forever, just like it did with me, it can't just stay as something we believe. It needs to affect what we do. So when was the last time you prayed for somebody outside of this context? Perhaps think about what's going on in your life this week. What opportunities do you have to pray for somebody? We have the authority, we have the power. We know that when, stu- that we, when we pray, that stuff happens. Okay, I'd love to welcome Katie. Why don't we give Katie a hand? And um, as Katie comes up, I've chosen to interview Katie tonight because um, she's somebody who's personally really passionate about this. Why don't you step forward just a little bit, mate? And um, obviously, I've told everybody your name's Katie, but why don't you tell us how long you've been in the church and what you kind of do? Thanks, Suze. Um, So I've been in the church for about 18 years now, and I lead a small group and a cluster with my husband, and I'm involved with DY on a Friday as well. Wow, and you've got two small children as well? And I've got two small children as well, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Do you think they'll be Double asleep? Double trouble. Probably not. Probably not, actually. Probably not. <laughs> so so why, don't you, why don't you tell us, what, what's your experience of being prayed for? So I've been prayed for lots over the years at the front of church and in the context of small groups. And to be honest, it's been amazing. I've met with God in so many different ways. Some of them are quite dramatic, some are a little less dramatic. Sometimes it's because I've been in a tricky situation and I've needed God's help. Sometimes it's been because I've needed um, direction with a decision or something like that. But actually, in all the different situations, I really think that God's been at work. Mm. And I always find I have um, a real sense of peace as well when I've been prayed for, which is great. Wow. And... um What does it mean to you to be prayed for? Um, It's really valuable being prayed for. I always um, feel like having people alongside me to listen um, is amazing. And actually, I felt really loved and supported through that time. And each each time I know I've encountered God in that way, the Holy Spirit's been changing me and transforming me, which is really exciting. Any examples of that? Um, So an example of God guiding me that I can remember, um, I was prayed for at the front of church up here. And while someone was praying for me, I had a picture of women bound up in in cobwebs. Um, At the time, I was on maternity leave and then had been made redundant. So I didn't have a job, and I was praying specifically for direction. Anyway, later, the person who'd um, prayed for me forwarded me a job, which was an advert um, for a job at Jericho Road, um, a project which I ended up working for for a number of years, working with women affected by the sex industry. Uh, so God was really guiding me in that moment. That was pretty cool. Well, so you, you, came, you came up for prayer, and somebody had that, which led on to you then Actually getting a job. job. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, have you got an example of encountering the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so a pretty significant time when I met with God. Um, I was feeling really worn out and quite tired at the time. And I had just an incredible sense of being filled with God's presence, which was amazing. And I had this picture of the embers of a fire which were glowing, but not in full flame. And I felt really reassured that God was with me, that he understood that somehow he was still at work, although it didn't really feel like it. I just had an amazing sense of peace. Um, Yeah, it was a really powerful moment. Wow. Wow, sounds amazing. Um, so we're talking practically tonight. Um, how do you feel about coming down the front for prayer, like on, on a Sunday? Is it is it awkward, like if you're at the back and you've got to walk from the whole way from the from the back of the room to the front of the room, and everyone's like staring at you? <laughs> um, yeah, so sometimes it's a bit awkward, but mostly it's totally fine. The more you go up for prayer, the easier it gets, to be honest. Um, and the people who've prayed for me have always been really lovely. Um, It helps when everyone stood up because you can get out of your row quite easily um, and it's not as obvious as well. The hardest bit is the first step, um, but once you're up there, it's totally fine when you're with people. 
Sometimes I explain briefly what I want prayer for, but you don't actually have to say very much. It's just as, you know, sharing what you feel comfortable sharing, really. And so you've been following Jesus now for a really long time. Um, really long time. A really long time. Steady, steady, steady. And and what I've noticed about you is that you're always open to wanting to receive prayer. And so uh, why is it that you keep on coming up for prayer? Um, I think I decided that if I want to keep growing in my relationship with Jesus, then I need to keep being open and willing to receive prayer and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in my life, really. Um, So there's never been a time when I've been up the front when God hasn't been doing something in me. And actually, sometimes you know immediately in the moment what it is that he's doing, but sometimes not. And that doesn't really matter because actually it's about the fruit of what he's doing. Um, um, And... um, I just trust he's at work, and I think he's always doing something, whether I see it um, in the moment there or then or not. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and we know that sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, we can have a physical response to that. And are, are you ever a little bit nervous of coming up the front, got someone praying for you, and you're doing something weird? Uh, not really. I think sometimes my hands shake a little bit when I've been prayed for, but no, it's never been, it's never normally that dramatic. Um, and I think that's often because, you know, we need to remember that we're in safe hands yeah. with our Father, so it's not about that necessarily. Yeah. So let's flip things around a little bit. So you come mm-hmm. up the front to be prayed for, but also you make it a massive priority to come and pray for people at the front. Why do you do that? Um, I love it. I love praying for people up the front. You're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to, to work. And to be honest, you never really know what he's going to do, so that's quite exciting. And actually, because it's about what he's about to do, um, you just have to trust that he's at work. And it's really exciting because it's God's power, and it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. And we get to partner with the Holy Spirit in what he's doing. Mm. So, yeah, it's a real privilege. Um, people have been brave enough to come up to the front and are vulnerable, vulnerable enough to say that they want prayer, and they admit they can't do it on their own. So, yeah, it's a real privilege. Um, and actually, it's where we encounter the love of God. It's where we can experience more of him and his freedom and his presence and, his, and the wholeness that he has for us. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's a really part, an important part of what mm. we do as a church, um, whether it's up the front on a Sunday or with a friend or in small group. Mm. So you're saying almost that as, you, um, as you've prayed for people, you've encountered something with the presence of God as well. Mm. Yeah, great. And um, what about, let's move on to some stories. What about some stories of when you've, been pray- when you've prayed for people? Okay, so I think there was one time, Suze, when I prayed for you. I don't know if you remember. Yes. We were, you were in a supermarket. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, let me tell you this story. So it was about 10 years ago or more, I think. And um, I was in Sainsbury's. I was doing the shopping um, for something at the time. And I was trolley surfing. So I, I got on the trolley and I started like sliding across the aisles. And um, what happened was the trolley flipped over. Um, <laughs> I landed on the floor with a trolley on top of me, and um, I did something to my legs that was not right, and um, they were really, really sore, and you prayed for me, didn't you? Yeah. And, and actually, instantly, the pain was healed. The pain was healed, the pain went. So it was quite a long time ago. <laughs> what about, uh, yeah, I've grown up since then. What about, um, don't go trolley surfing in Test Sainsbury's, okay. Um, another story, what about another story of... Um, so, a more sensible one, maybe. More sensible, okay. So I prayed for someone not that long ago from another church. It was for a physical condition. I had my eyes open and my hand on their shoulder, and it seemed like God was really at work because I could see the Holy Spirit on them and their eyelids were fluttering. And then, um, it's, because I had my eyes open, I could see that the fluttering had stopped, so I thought, oh, what's, I don't know what's happened. So I felt prompted to ask, um, had anything happened around the time that she'd developed this, this physical condition? And she explained that she'd been in quite an abusive, um, difficult relationship. 
and she was happy for me to pray into that. So we prayed into that a little bit, and um, it really looked as though and seemed as though God was starting to do um, some emotional healing in, in her, which was really exciting. It's just amazing to see God at work and know that he's touching and transforming lives. And, and actually, it's mad to think that um, we get to be a part of that. Mm. Um, and if we didn't come alongside people, then they might not encounter God um, in the same way. Uh, I think he loves to use us in the process too. And actually, I think he's often at work in our hearts, giving us more compassion, um, showing us just how kind he is. Mm. And I think often he's, he's just waiting to be invited to do more in our lives. Yeah. And um, there'll, be, there'll be a number of guys here tonight who, um, I guess, are in two camps, some who have never um, prayed for anyone before and some who've never received prayer before. What would you say to them? I think just need to give it a go, to be honest. Yeah, so church is a great place to practice, as well as in small group. You can always pray with someone initially if you feel a bit, a bit nervous, but just give it a go. God uses us, particularly when we're out of our comfort zone as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And um, so you've been praying now for a number of years, learning how to pray. Has, has the way you've prayed, has it kind of stayed the same or has it changed? Yeah, I think it's changed, to be honest with you. I've watched people, a lot of people pray for people and try and learn what they did and why. And one of the things I've noticed is that um, people watch and wait and they, they see what the Holy Spirit's doing. So, uh, yeah, that means less talking <laughs> and more watching and waiting, which is quite hard if you like to talk, really. But, I um, don't struggle with that, so... <laughs> not me. But um, it's a skill. <laughs> and I think it's good to follow what he's doing and actually... Uh, see, see what happens, but remember that it's his work at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, last question to, to you is, um, when I was talking just a minute ago, I used that John Wimber quote, that the, the meeting place is the training ground for the marketplace. And um, in the week, you've got a, a job out there. Have you got any experiences of, um, in your day-to-day -day life, praying for people? Yeah, so I think I challenged myself about a year ago that all my stories were really old. So... Um, I decided to pray and, and ask God for some more opportunities. And um, I prayed for a friend of mine. It wasn't a work. It was someone that I, that I jog with a bit sometimes. And um, she had a really blocked ear. And it was really, really painful. And it had been affecting her sleep as well. So I asked her if I could pray for her. And she was up for it. Um, our friend was watching, unfortunately. So that was a little bit awkward. But hey. Um, and I prayed for her. And although the blockage didn't move... God was clearly doing something with her because the pain, um, she said, went completely, which was amazing. Wow. Um, and yeah, she just seemed really peaceful and she was really, yeah, really surprised. <laughs> wow, quite funny. And uh, just one night this week, I can't remember which night, you texted me to say that you prayed for a colleague at work. Is that right? Oh, yeah. In preparation for tonight, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she had a locked jaw. And um, interestingly, I had a, um, a locked jaw TMJ a couple of years ago, and it was, it was really painful, actually. And someone prayed for me here at Trent, um, and it loosened up and, and was healed, which was great. So I thought, oh, maybe I can pass it on. So I, <laughs> I, um, I prayed for her. I think she was a bit nervous. She, um, she just, like, her face changed. She looked so peaceful when I prayed for her. And she sort of teared up, and I said to her, are you all right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, her jaw wasn't actually healed, but, um, yeah, I think she was really impacted, and she was really thankful that I prayed for her. So, and maybe so this cool. week you could give it another go? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there. Anyway, so, <laughs> if I was, I would. Um, thank you very much, Katie. Let's Thanks. give Katie a clap. <laughs> Thanks. 
So um, Katie's going to stay up here um, with me and, um, because we're going to run through how we pray. So we've looked at the why and we're going to look at how now. So Katie's kind of going to turn from being the interviewee to the guinea pig, um, not in the literal kind of sense. But um, how do we pray for people so that stuff happens? How do we actually do it? And I guess if I was to ask most of you here, like, how do you actually pray? Most of you would say, well, you open your mouth and you start talking. But really, when we pray for people, we use more than just our mouths. And um, tonight, I've got something to help, a little, um, I don't know what you call it, a visual aid. And uh, we've got Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Stick with me. Okay, so here he is, Mr. Potato Head. Katie, do you want to hold? Oh, he's, he's got, okay. Great. So Mr. Potato Head is, is here. And um, when we pray for you, why don't you step forward just a little bit. We pray for people with our brains, with our eyes, with our hands, with our hearts, and with our mouths. And so we're going we're gonna to talk through that a little bit tonight. And hopefully this will be a really helpful tool for you to use. And as Katie said just now, we learn to pray as we go. So should we start with our brains? Why don't you pop that down, otherwise you're gonna be standing there with it for ages. And, um, why is everyone not? Okay, everything okay? Okay, great. So the first thing we pray with is with our brains. So um, imagine that I'm I'm down there and I'm looking for somebody to go and pray for, and Katie's gone up, she's uh, wanting to get some prayer, so look like you want to get some prayer, great. And, um, And what happens when we pray for people, guys, is we don't leave our brains in our seats and then go and pray for somebody over here. We take our brains with us as we pray. And so the first thing I'm thinking about when I'm looking for somebody to pray, I'm thinking that that it's really important I pray for somebody who's the same gender as myself. You know, when we pray for people, all sorts of deeply personal things can come up. And so it's really important to make sure that there's always somebody of the same gender as the person that's receiving prayer. And um, with our brains, we know that we have the authority. We remember as we go to pray that we carry the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, with my brains, I remember that anything that Katie's gonna tell me, that that as far as possible, I keep it confidential. You know, if somebody comes up to the front and they've made themselves vulnerable enough to ask for prayer, we need to give them the dignity of keeping it confidential. You know, unless, of course, it's a really serious disclosure, in which case there's some, you might not know, but down on the front there's some ministry kind of coordinators who are super experienced in this kind of stuff, and you could chat to them if you need to. So we use our brains, we also, we use our mouths. There's the mouth. And, um, and so, so Katie's here, and, and as I come up, I use my mouth, I introduce myself, I'd say, hello Katie, my name's Susie. Hi. Um, is it okay if I pray for you? Yeah, sure, yeah. And if I don't know her name, obviously I do know her name, but if I didn't, I'd be like, what's your name? And my name's Katie. Katie, great, I'm gonna pray for you. Okay, and then I might say to them, what, I might say to her, what is it that you want prayer for? So, um, anything you want prayer for? Uh, well, I'm struggling sleeping at night. Okay, struggling sleeping. On that incident, Katie told me what she, what she wanted prayer for. At other times, people might not say, which is totally fine. If somebody doesn't wanna share, then let's not pressure them into it. So with our mouths, we, we pray simple prayers. We invite the Holy Spirit. And at this stage, and when we're praying, we just need to keep it normal. Let's not be weird about it. And so if I was praying for Katie, I don't need to be like, and Lord Jesus, praying these fancy prayers, would you just come earth down earth from heaven and shower upon my sister? We can just pray in a normal kind of voice. Simple prayers, simple, simple prayers. And as we pray, 
let's learn to wait. Let's learn to wait. Wait, wait, and more waiting. The more we, make, the more we wait, the more that seems to happen. And sometimes when we're praying for people, we can totally kill it with words, can't we? Just a little story. Um, Bodies and myself, we were praying for, um, we were at Alpha Holy Spirit training day um, a few years back. And we were doing a ministry time with some people who had never experienced the Holy Spirit before. And so we invited the Holy Spirit and we waited and we waited and we waited, waited to the point in which it maybe was a little bit awkward. But there was a real sense of the presence of God. These guys who'd never met with God before were meeting with him in amazing amazing ways. It was incredible. And then after a while, I shared a few words, Bodice shared shared a few words, and everybody started praying for each other. And at the end, one of these ladies, she she came up to me and she said, um, and I thought she was going to say, Susie, your word you have was just so accurate, it cut straight to my heart. And instead, what she said was, I was having an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit until you started talking, and you killed it. And... um, I was really struck by that moment that sometimes we don't have to fill all of the silence with words. But at the same time, it is okay to stop and to ask the person how they're doing. So if Katie was being prayed for, come back again. We're praying for Katie and, um, and I've been praying for her for a little bit of time. And um, I, might, I might just wanna say, hey Katie, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, yeah. You're doing all right. Would you, would you like me to carry on praying, or have you kind of had enough? Um, yeah, I think I've had enough now. You've had enough, great. Great. In, in other times in that moment, the person might say, actually, as you're praying, this thing is coming to my mind, or I feel like God is highlighting something. Would you pray into that a little bit more? In which case, you can go back in and to do that. But what we're not there to do, guys, is to offer advice. Remember, as we pray for people, we're meeting people's needs with the resources of God, not with our resources. And as we speak, let's remember to be loving and non-judgmental with our words. And just to end up with this section, you know, if you're praying for somebody for the first time, then you probably need to explain it as you go. And um, you can always pretty much tell when somebody's at the front who's not been prayed for before. So for example, if this was Katie, it's her first time receiving, she, she may stand there and she might not really know what to do. So I might say, well, hi, hi there, what's your name? Yeah, hi, I'm Katie. Hi, Katie, I'm, I'm Susie. Have you ever been prayed for before? No, well, this is an exciting moment for you. Um, <laughs> so, so we're going to pray. And is it okay if I lay my hand on your shoulder? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to do that. And as we pray, it might really help just to, just to close your eyes. There's nothing magical about it, but it might really help you focus on God and get okay. a little bit less distracted. Okay. Yeah, so if you want to close your eyes. And if you want to, you don't have to, but you could put your hands out just to say to God, as I come empty-handed, would you come and fill, fill me? Okay. And so you pray for that person, explaining it as you go. Thank you. Okay, so we pray with our mouths. We also pray with our ears. You know, when we start praying, let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak and to guide us as we pray. Ask him to speak and then keep listening. And um, as you're praying, you might have a sense of what God's saying. You might have a picture in your mind's eye. You might have a Bible verse. If that happens, share it with the person, take the risk, but share it in a way that the person you're praying for can decide if it's appropriate. You know, never insist that it's a word from God. So for example, perhaps I had a sense that Katie was being called to um, Timbuktu. Okay, this is a way not to share the word. Katie, the Lord is saying to you that you need to give up everything and move to Timbuktu tomorrow, okay? 
that's a little bit directive. What might be more helpful is to be like, Katie, just wondering, is, the God, is God starting to speak to you about anything? Does the word Timbuktu mean anything? And pray into it that way. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. And, um, and let's remember, let's follow the biblical model of prophecy from 1 Corinthians. Prophecy is about building up, it's about encouraging, and it's about comforting those that receive it. So we pray with our ears, we also pray with our eyes. And uh, for this one, Katie just needs to come a little bit forward. Because you know what happens in ministry time is often um, people are down there and you might approach them from behind. So you're coming around this way and often you can't kind of get through. So you stand here and you're praying for the person. And um, if you're standing here praying for somebody, you can't actually see the person or what's going on. So do a polite little push, push your way through and, um, and come around where you can see the person. And we pray with our eyes open. And um, we're a little bit conditioned, aren't we, to, to pray with our eyes closed, you know, hands together, eyes closed. But actually, it's important to pray with your eyes open so that we can see what God is doing and how the person is responding. Because when we pray, all sorts of physical things can happen, which can be signs of the Holy Spirit meeting with us. And if you've got your eyes shut, simply you miss out on seeing that. You know, sometimes people might look super peaceful. Do you want to look peaceful? bit more peaceful, that's good. You know, or they might um, start um, shaking, we're not going to do all of this, but shaking or crying or laughing, the eyelids might start fluttering slightly. slightly. These can all be signs of the presence of God. And um, I've got a new phrase, I'd like to think I coined it, I don't know whether I did, but it's that you listen as much with your eyes as you do with your ears. And what I mean by that is that when we're praying for somebody, that we give them our attention, listening to them with our ears, but also with where the attention of our eyes are. So we're listening to that person, we're focused on them, we're giving them our, the dignity and um, fully, fully listening to them. And I don't know whether you've ever been in this kind of setting at church, whether it's, whether it's during the ministry time or whether it's during the, the after hours time or before, where, where you're in one situation, but actually you're kind of looking to, to what's going on over there. Perhaps something more interesting is happening in your kind of minds in two kind of places. And at one time, I remember it was um, last year, I was praying for somebody and this exact situation happened, right? I was praying for them and my hand was on their shoulder, and, but I got distracted. Something was happening over there and I started looking over there, and the person I was praying for went from standing up like this, just normally, to falling straight back onto the floor. And because I wasn't watching, this person fell straight back. I couldn't catch them. They landed on somebody else, and everybody around me was just like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? I wasn't giving the person I was praying for the most dignity. And really practically, it really helps us if we're praying with our eyes open to know when the person we're praying for has actually had enough. So if I'm praying for Katie and she's had enough and I've got my eyes shut and I'm like, and Lord, we just thank you for Katie. She's amazing. We, we just pray that you, you know, she's trying to leg it and, um, and actually we can't see. So pray with your eyes open. You can see what God's doing. We also pray with our hands. You know, we lay hands on people because it's a biblical model. You can read about it. You can read about it in the Gospels. You know, if it's appropriate, we, 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 lay, we lay hands on people, especially when we're praying for healing. You know, it's really helpful if you're praying for somebody who's got a bad knee, just to lay your hands on their knee. Of course, ask them first and to pray for them. But remember, only lay your hands where it's appropriate. This is not youth, so I think you can work it out. Um, but guys, as we lay hands, let's... 
It took you a little bit of a while, but yeah. Um, <laughs> as we lay hands, let's not be weird. Whatever you do, don't be weird. And, um, and a little bit of a story um, was in the summer, my friend Dave, who, who you guys will know, he, um, he was being prayed for, and you need to turn and face me for this one. And he was sort of standing there with his hands out and his eyes closed, and somebody wasn't here, so it's none of you, and he doesn't know who it was to this day, but somebody came up to him, and I feel awkward about even demonstrating <laughs> it, but they put their arms all the way around him like this, and they put their forehead <laughs> on his forehead, and, and, um, and they started to pray like that. And um, Dave was too scared to open his eyes. You know, guys, let's not be weird as we pray for people, especially if we're doing it out there. So weird. So we pray with our hands, and finally, we pray with our hearts. You know, sadly, Mr. Potato head. He doesn't have a heart, so I had to give him a little sticker. But, you know, when we pray, we engage our brains, but we also engage our hearts. You know, we pray with compassion. You'll read about in the Gospels, when, when Jesus meets people, he's moved with compassion. Jesus models this over and over again. And if anybody leaves the prayer session feeling embarrassed, it should be you, the person that's praying, not the person that you're praying for. Protect their dignity. So there we have it, a full Mr. Potato Head. Is he going to come up? There he is, Mr. Potato Head is ready to pray. And you know, next time you're praying, you probably won't remember everything that I've said. But remember, Mr. Potato Head, think about what you're doing with your brain, with your ears, with your eyes, with your mouths, with your hands, with your hearts. And in so many ways, Mr. Potato Head is actually so useful because it strikes me that in a sense, we're all a little bit like potatoes. You know, potatoes, stick with me, potatoes are ordinary and they definitely don't have superpowers. We're of course, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're, we're children of God, but at the same time, the Bible is clear that without Jesus, we're nothing. We're like cracked pots that God fills with his treasure. We are only able to see stuff happen because of God's power that lives inside of us. And Ephesians 1 verse 19 says, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. So when we go to pray for people, whether it's here, whether it's out there, we go with this attitude that we're meeting the needs of people with the resources of God. And so we remember that it's his power, not ours. We pray because he's told us to do it, so we go in obedience. And we remember that the results are down to him, not down to us. 